Welcome back to All Things Twin Flames. This is the final installment of Storytime. I'm excited for this one for two reasons. Number one, who doesn't like talking about a very important, influential person in their life who's had nothing but a positive impact? But also, I feel high without being high. I'm in this weird trance state. I just did a lot of work and I the meditation i knocked out during the meditation and i don't know i just feel like i'm on a different dimension right now so i'm excited for the words that are about to flow through me so we covered my false twin flame that led me to my passion and then we covered my real twin flame that led me to my purpose which is expressing my love of her or for her through everything that i do but who really opened me up to spirituality? Who really anchored me in this vibration? Well, it's Diana. And you have all heard of her. You've all come across her work. What you need to know is that the Diana I knew when we first met is nothing like the Diana today. And yet, simultaneously, is still the exact same person vibrationally we're both on a whole different level spiritual wise knowledge wise it feels like as i said in the previous podcast like we both took this accelerated course on spirituality and everything we needed to learn about awakening and activation and the twin flame union and template it got downloaded downloaded into us and something so foreign now seems like part of us Like, I can't remember a time I don't remember not knowing how to do tarot. I can't remember a me, a version of me that doesn't do podcasts or understand things like masculine and feminine attraction and kundalini awakenings. You know, it's so ingrained into me. And it's because of this person who was so dedicated to take this journey with me. And I remember the night that I asked her out to be my girlfriend. And it's funny, we'll get into the mechanics of that night and the story. But she was nervous. And I was nervous. Because we both felt, okay, if we choose each other as opposed to our twin flames, this is going to mean heavy expansion and ascension. This is going to mean we choose spiritual growth and spiritual, not just growth, but contribution. And so we both saw the end of it. We both saw like what it entailed. And it's not easy being on this path. Because me choosing Diana meant I'm choosing my purpose. I'm choosing to give every day. I'm choosing to build this business. I'm choosing to better myself. So let's take it back to how we met. I do want to make this note, though, because I think this is so important to make. It's not clear who I'm meant to be with. It's getting more clear every day as I gain clarity over who I am, my purpose. And I want you to know this, that my soul came here to be an example of ascension. And not even saying that I'm a role model. That's that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I came here to be a consciousness coach. 
to be a light worker. And who I choose to be in partnership with is critical to that mission being fulfilled. And so the person for me might not be my twin flame, but that doesn't mean me and her have to be hostile. That doesn't mean that me and her can't be friends. What it does mean, though, is the person who I choose to spend my life with could very be someone else, someone who is on the same path of ascension. And I'm saying this because a lot of people might be listening to me or following my work and be pointing a finger and saying, wait, why am I listening to this person? You're not in union. You're, you're, you're not dating your twin flame. First of all, that's not the goal. Growth is, but to meet you where you're at, <laughs> my guides have made it very clear to me. And I've struggled over this with my guides over and over again. And I've had my heart broken after getting downloads so many nights where they tell me, you know, you're not, meant to be in union this lifetime. And I say, I know. But you're meant to cause union. You're meant to bring union to other people. And I know. And if you come across my work, if you come across all things Swim Flames and you're drawn to what I'm saying, please do not look at my life as a reflection of the words that are coming out of my mouth. I am simply a channel for you. I'm simply a reflection of your own truth that you desire to be in union. Don't look at what I'm doing. Don't look at what's happening in my life. I am not a role model. I'm not someone you should aspire to live like. This is why I don't post my personal life on all things Twin Flames or on my TikTok account. You're not meant to follow me. But the words that I'm channeling the vibration I stand in, that is what you are supposed to follow. And I believe in Twin Flame so much. I believe in union so much. And I know what that looks like for me. And I know what that looks like for you. And I tasted how amazing it is. And I want you to have it. I want to help you clear your block so you can have it. Even though I'm not in the same boat. This has nothing to do with me and everything to do with what is destined and what you desire. So I met Diana on Instagram. It's a funny synchronicity, right? Everyone I've dated who was important to me, my false twin flame, my real twin flame, these all happened online. Again, if you are drawn to the interwebs, it's because you are meant to be online. Whether that's to be an influencer or whether that's someone who's going to cross your path online and is going to play a significant role in your life. It's not a coincidence. And so we talked about how I acquired a writing page, right? That had over 121,000 followers. I was growing it so fast. I was growing at one point at a uh, thousand followers a week and my page came across diana's friend's timeline and she recommended my page to her and was like hey this person has similar writing to you you should check it out 
Isn't it amazing how nothing in life is a coincidence? Nothing in life is a coincidence. Everything is significant in your life. Every profile you swipe right or left in, every person who follows you, every person who attends a live, you have no idea the impact they're going to play in your life or could play in your life. Mind you, during this time of me posting a lot, I was in a lot of pain. I felt like I hit Dark Night of the Soul too, where I was releasing a lot of feelings towards my twin flame. And I was really upset. I was upset at myself. You know, when, when your twin flame goes away, even though you might have caused it, it's still separation. It doesn't matter who causes it. You're still in pain, right? Like, I don't know if you've ever broken up with someone, but you still are sad. And then what really hurt me was two weeks later, she posted that she was dating someone else. And that was like the nail in the coffin, man. That was the last straw for me. That's when I broke. I remember seeing it and just my jaw dropping and my heart sinking to the floor. You know what's crazy? Even though I was so frustrated and upset with my twin flame for dating someone else right away, because we agreed, hey, this is going to be a time that we're going to focus on ourselves. Now she's hooking up with this random dude, right? And there's a certain vibration with like karmic relationships that you can pick up on where it's just like, okay, this looks good, but this doesn't feel right. Like this seems like something that could happen for like a one night stand or a casual hookup, but actual dating, something about this doesn't seem right. I think you're trying to hide. I think you're trying to escape something. So I picked up those vibes, but I, I couldn't blame her. The reason I had such a trigger reaction was because I was doing the exact same thing. On my writing account, I was flirting with every person I came across. I kid you not, I was I was DMing chicks like three to four to five hours a day. Because when you have that many followers, it's easy to just slide in. And it does go down in the DMs, especially when you have that much clout. Especially since that much people or that many people look up to you for your writing and you help a lot of people. And I, I do want to say this, like with great power comes great responsibility. Like, I know I'm in a position now where I have to be very careful with, with what I say or how I interact with, with my followers, even people in the Facebook group. The reason I don't take personal coaching calls, and I told Diana this, is because there's something about being a divine masculine, which is me, and owning my divine masculine, and then having a divine feminine on the other side, naturally. Not just because of intent has nothing to do with intention, but because of energy, there is going to be some level of attraction, right? It just it just has to be. If someone isn't the masculine, the other person's their feminine. There's going to be attraction, which is why you've ever, if you've ever taken a coaching call with me, aside from a personal reading, Diane is there. And by the way, I have never done a personal reading without Diane in the room. Even though you might not see Diana, Diana's there. So, where was I? DMing people, right? Kind of having this really toxic relationship with quote-unquote power and clout. But during that time, I was escaping a lot of emotions. Definitely escaping. 
What's interesting is that not too long after I put out a book about my twin flame and I wrote a book called Times Like Ours. It was a poetry book with 200, 250 poems in it dedicated to my twin flame. And I wrote every single poem in that book about my twin flame, with my twin flame. Like I was with her. And so every poem, if you read it, everything is so inspired. And you could tell there's a certain level of love and there's this universal divine energy to every single line. The first poem goes, the feeling of high, lost in space, transfixed in a mental haze. The world goes mute, my sense is acute. I look at the stars and rave. But when I look at you, I sense my se- I lose my sense of self too. Only consciousness remains. You are not my blunt. You are better than drugs. You are the trip I always wanted to take. So I wrote it. I published it. But of course, to self-publish it, I needed cover art. I needed someone to design the book cover. So I reached out to, to my followers. Hey, who's good at drawing? And can turn this into something that I can put on an ebook and a physical hard book copy, right? And someone reached out. I was like, cool. She sent me three. I sent her some poems and she sent me three mock-ups. I was very drawn into one. So I was like, this is the one. So I chose it. It gets published. And I'm, I'm really happy. And I hit her up. I'm like, by the way, what was your inspiration for, for the cover that you chose? And she said, Twin Flames. I was just like, of course. You know, even though you're not talking about Twin Flames, even if you say, hey, this relationship is a Twin Flame relationship, even if you don't mention it, people know. And you know know that, Twin Flame. You listen to this. You are in a relationship right now that's so powerful that people pick up on it. And you know how powerful it is? You pick up on it even before you're in the relationship. I wrote about Twin Flames before I met my Twin Flame. I mean, when I met my Twin Flame, but before I knew about Twin Flames. During my first separation, I wrote a Medium blog post and I entitled it Twin Flame. This was during the first separation. I remember reading it after our breakup and being like, wait, how did I know to put these two words together? I called it Twin Flame. I don't remember hearing those words until I learned about it almost towards our breakup. How did I write about it a year before? It's because the soul is timeless and the soul knows everything. So all this is happening. I'm realizing I'm in a twin flame situation. I'm trying to manifest my twin flame back. And I'm over here at the same time avoiding my problems by DMing a lot of people and being busy with writing and trying to grow this platform. It's a grow this platform, you know, Instagram thrives or any social social platform thrives on engagement. So to increase engagement, I go live every single night. And when I go live, I do tarot, I talk about the day, I talk about life in general. And there's like these 10 to 15 people that are constantly on the live, watching the tarot readings, watching me speak. And... One of them was Diana. And we formed this group chat based off of the people who are usually on the live. And we just interacted. You know, it was just like 10, 15 internet buddies just checking in on one another, wanting the best for one another and wanting each other to succeed. It was really positive and inspiring. 
During one of my lives, I pulled a card for Diana. I still remember, it was the Queen of Swords. It had a butterfly near the top. And I told Diana, I told the live people watching, you need to pick a sign for a spirit guide. And she chose a butterfly. And since that day, she saw so many butterflies and she still continues to see butterflies. And that's like her sign, but our sign together as well. And we started DMing because she told me, yeah, I chose a butterfly and now I'm seeing butterflies everywhere. I told her, all right, well, my sign's going to be a carrot. And it's funny because I threw this weird, I wanted to be trolly. I wanted to be, I wanted to not make sense. And what's interesting is before I start All Things Twin Flames at my last job, which where I was a sales uh, team leader, my manager was like, Dan, you're, you're the carrot. Everyone's trying to be you. You need to be the carrot. You, you need to remember that you need to, you need to set the pace. You're the carrot of the company. I was like, this is so weird, right? It's, it's, it's funny how we say things and how we choose things for the universe to, to show up as, and it does deliver in that exact way. But to go even more into detail, her sign was a butterfly, right? My sign is a carrot. But I told her, if you see a carrot or if you see a butterfly, I'm putting that there for you to see. And if I see a carrot, you're putting that there for me to see. It's not only was it universal sign, it was our sign of the universe or through the universe of us speaking to one another. And that's what really opened us up to spirituality, seeing these signs, having almost this like telepathic communication with one another. There's this one moment while we were just DMing, and I had no idea who this girl was. She lived in California. Definitely not like something I was entertaining logically because I was just out of a relationship, right? And every time I saw her like online, I was like, I don't think I'm that attractive <laughs> or attracted. And one thing you need to know about Diana is, is even though she looks great online, the way she looks in person, 20 times better. And that's not a disrespect to how she looks online. It is just a compliment to how she looks in person. She looks way better in person. I remember seeing her in person for the first time. We'll get to that. And I was like, I'm nervous, dude. Like actual butterflies in my stomach again, where I was like, damn, this girl's really hot. <laughs> um, but this one night I was texting her or was DMing her and we were flirting a little bit. I'm not sure what we were saying, but that's not the point. The point was that we were flirting and I felt this fire down in my sacral chakra and I was like yo what is this is this like desire is this lust it's only until last week where I've really understood what it was it was a kundalini awakening because my coach was talking about her kundalini awakening and how it felt like liquid fire at the base of her spine and it rose up I was like that's exactly like as soon as she said it my mind went to that image or to the moment where I had the liquid fire in my sacral chakra and it just filled me up. And I was like, I don't know what this is. But so DMing went to talking on the phone. And every time we talked on the phone, it would last for like five hours. 
we, we would talk on the phone. Every time we talked on the phone, it would last for five hours. And the only reason I would have to get off was because it would be like 6 a.m. where I was. I'm like, okay, I, I should go to sleep. But every time we talked, we could talk endlessly. And it's still that way. The one thing that I really admired her for was that everything I knew intuitively, she did and explored on her own through a very measured way. And here's what I mean. I learned a lot about creativity, about finding your bliss and about being happy. She would take courses on happiness. She would take courses on how to get the most out of your day. She would take courses on how to stay positive, like actual courses. I'm like, wow, that's like really amazing. And because everything I knew intuitively, she would have step-by-step processes, you know, like whereas I'm more like ethereal and I like talking about concepts, she had actual like how-tos, practical guides and study guides on everything I knew. And so while we were talking, it was like two elements coming together. You know, it was like the mind meeting the body. It was this perfect, like, I almost said marriage, but (laughs) it was this perfect union of two opposing elements coming together of spirituality and the physical or the mental plane and the astral plane, right? And she was on the same path because she was posting every day. And if you post every day and you write every day, you learn certain things about Instagram. You learn certain things about giving without expectation. You learn things about just speaking your truth unconditionally and without fear of judgment, right? And other people in your family reading your writing. Like you, you, you're you on a certain path that only few people can relate to. So we would talk about these things and we would talk for hours and hours. This didn't stop. It did for a little bit. And in our union, you could even call it me running, but she would text me and I would ignore it. I'm like, yo, this girl's crazy. That's the only thing I could think of. Like, well, what, why, why? There's nothing, there's nothing here anymore. Like, yeah, we talked for a really long time, but how is this ever gonna work? But she would kept, she kept texting me. I remember there's like a string of like ten texts that she sent me without a response from me. And all of a sudden, I was like, whatever, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna respond. And then since that response, we've been in contact literally every single day. And my response was, hey, I'm going to go live on Instagram. Do you want to join? So we went from no contact or contact like every day, talking on the phone for five hours, no contact, and then going live on Instagram on my writing page. And then we would just bounce ideas back, back and forth. And people loved it. People loved to hear us communicate. I remember one live, someone came on and was like, oh yeah, you two are definitely soulmates. And this is someone who I did a twin flame live with too, because she met her twin flame. And I talked about my twin flame experience. And she came on and was like, you two are meant to be. You two are definitely soulmates. You two are definitely vibing. But then again, I was like, I don't know. This this chick, I don't know. I don't know. Like she, she lives in California. This is weird. What's strange is a couple months before, I was in meditation and I needed, I needed some confirmation from God. I needed, I just, I was so lost. I was so hurt from, from the twin flame separation. I needed, I needed 
some communication from the divine. And so I asked God, I was like, God, please speak to me. And you know what he said? California. I said that loud too. I was like, California? What? And the reason I know this was from God was because it was so out the blue. And the person who I was flirting with at the time over the DMs was in Texas. So I was like, I thought you would say Texas, but you say California? Like, what is California? Like, what's in California? Yeah, I have some family there, but I don't really have a pull towards it. Right? So it's funny how this the universe gives you little hints on what's to come if you're extra sensitive. Or if you just ask. Right? Ask the universe, is my twin flame coming back? Send me a sign. You're going to get that sign. So, now we're going live every day. And then, what happens next is us texting and calling. Texting and calling. Not every day only, but throughout the day. Like, I would nonstop bug this human being. I would absolutely badger her and pester her and it's not even like i wanted to date her i just wanted she was just like my homie i had a dream one time and the way it was downloaded into me and the way i saw it in my dream was me and her were spiritual classmates we are both taking advanced spirituality (laughs) we're this we're classmates and that's how it felt it felt like i was talking to someone who was on the same path as me And what you should know is that most of our conversations was centered around manifesting our twin flame back. We would watch readings together. That was our favorite thing to do. We will watch so many readings together. We watch, I don't know if you know who who they are. I'll throw out some names. Eat, Read, Love, Lumiere, Stargirl, Gem Goddess, right? All the big influencers on YouTube, we would watch it together. But we would also share ideas with one another. And eventually we would collab. We started writing a book called The Smoke That Lingers about twin flames. And I would pretend, we would go back and forth. It would be, I would pretend to be divine masculine, she would pretend to be divine feminine. Or she would be divine masculine, I would be divine feminine. I mean, it's and it's funny because... Well, I'll get to that in a bit, but so we're, we're talking every day and we're doing poetry every day. We even do meditations together. It's funny because we, we sent each other meditations to do about attracting twin flame or attracting your, your, your one. And all this time I thought it was my twin flame. But I remember one time, exactly this time last year, I listened to... Um, one of those fall asleep meditations, uh, these subliminal tracks, and I couldn't get Diana off my mind. I'm like, no, this is weird. She's my friend. To me, she's like my, she's like a sister, right? I was like, no, I don't know. I can't do this. But unconsciously, my mind would think Diana. I think it's beautiful because during the past year, from last March or April to now, Diana has been so focused on herself and growing. And I really admire that about her because most women don't. Most people don't, let alone, like not just women, but most people don't even focus on their growth. She was solely focused on her growth. Me, 
like 60%, 40% still trying to get my, my ex back. No, 20% trying to get my ex back, 20% still flirting, right? I would go on dates with people and she wouldn't even get jealous. She, she was just like, oh, how'd it go? Like she's the person I called about everything for. Like I called her before a date, I called her afterwards. I'd call her and be like, yo, that date went so well. Or, oh, that date sucked. I remember having a terrible date. Like, it did not go well. I thought, like, I wasn't catfish, but the person who I met up with, she looked nothing like what she looked like online. I remember calling her on my drive home. Or I would drive to my friend's house, my friend who I'd, who I'd like, just chill and smoke weed with. Every time I went there, I would call Diana on my drive back because uh, it's just nice to talk to someone when you're high, you know? I'd call her about everything. I'd call her during my lunch break at work. I'd call her during work. I just liked having her on the phone. I'd call her when I was at a party. Whenever I was at a party and I was like, I was with my friends, I, I, I was FaceTiming her because everyone was FaceTiming their girlfriends because everyone was drunk and just wanted to talk to her, their boo thing. So I remember just calling Diana and not thinking anything of it and just rolling a blunt. So then, yo, it's up. And <laughs> my friend nudged me. He was like, yo, you guys are going to date soon. Like, no, dude, she's in California. She's like, he's like, dude, I see right through it. I'm like, no, she's in California. And we just started business together. This is, this is strictly business. This is strictly a friendship. He's like, you started business together? Yeah, y'all definitely dating. <laughs> so it was a lot of me pestering her again and again and again for no reason. I just wanted to talk to this human being. And I wanted to do this spiritual thing with her. I wanted to grow with her. I mean, I never told her at that time, but I did. She's the only one in my life that really makes sense being there. Like, for real. My life, no one in my counter or corner makes sense being in my life. Like, if you look at my parents... You'll be like, how did they raise this weirdo, this spiritual psycho? <laughs> like, my parents are very plugged into religious doctrine. My mom threw a fit when she saw my tarot cards. They're, they're still, we are in totally different worlds. My friends, do you think I talk to them about Twin Flames? Do you think I talk to them about tarot? Do you think I talk to them about spirituality? No, I don't. I talk to them about cryptocurrency. I talked to them about basketball and the NBA and NCAA, March Madness and weed like and music. I don't talk about who I really am. The only person who I can talk about everything with is Diana. She's literally the only person in my life that makes sense being there. The only person. Things started to really pick up between us when we started reading this book and I'm not sure who recommended it to me but from the title alone I knew my life was going to change the title of the book is Calling in the One and it was all about how to make space for love how to attract divine love and every day you would have a prompt and there would be a practice and it recommended me to do this with a friend. So obviously, I did it with Diana. 
And who did we think the one was? The person that blocked us, our twin flame. We wanted to get our twin flame back. That's why we watched readings together. That's why we did those subliminal meditations together. Two to three weeks, maybe even a month into writing the book or reading the book, there was a prompt that said, list your desired traits in a partner. The next day, Diana and I, we, we already started off as Twin Flames, and she was leading a meditation, and I was watching her. And I was like, dude, this person who you call your best friend is leading a meditation right now. I want you to think about that. I was like, like things in your life right now you take for you take for granted. You know what I mean? Like she's in she's in my life. We geek out about spirituality all the time. I took it for granted. I didn't see what was being put in front of me. I was like, wait, source, spirit guides are right. She's fucking not only meditating, she's guiding a meditation and leading one. After my spiritual awakening or uh, waking up to spirituality in college, I worked at a yoga studio and I led meditations. And I wanted a partner who could do the same. And I saw her and I was just like, I'm being stupid. And for a good week or 10 days, we both knew. We both knew who we were reading the book about and who we were calling in and who we were making space for. If you're listening to this right now, I'm telling you that book changed my life and you need to read Calling in the One because there's things you do, there's habits that you have, there's things you say, there's that, that block love, that keep you closed off to love. Things like not having your bed accessible on both sides because you, you want your partner to come in, right? Things like when you drive to the gym, you have your gym bag on the passenger seat, but what if your partner's going to be there, right? And so we both adjusted our lives, making space for the one we thought was our twin flame, but it was really each other. The book said, whenever you buy something, buy two of them. So I remember the next day I had to buy an iPhone charger for myself. I bought two of them. Diana has one of them now. Do you see how that works? I made space for love. I did things to call in the one, but I thought it was for someone else. But someone better fit that mold. See, there's certain things you need to do to make space for love. Yes, you can manifest it. But if your environment isn't conducive for love, do you think it's going to settle in? Do you think it's going to stay there? And for 10 days, both of us knew we had something. And I remember FaceTiming her certain times and I was talking to her. I'm like, this girl's not even listening to what I'm saying. She's just looking right at me, eating me with her eyes. She's going to hate me for saying that. But it was so obvious. I'm like, okay. She's hooked. I need to make a move. Then one night, 
we watch one of our favorite tarot readers because he's freaking hilarious. If you have not seen Eat, Read, Love, Sal, if you have not seen Sal do a reading, I aspire to be as funny as Sal. He's hilarious. He's such a light. He's so, you need to get a reading from Sal or just watch him online. He's hilarious. So we're watching this tarot reading and it's talking about as a divine feminine tarot reading. And everything resonates. He even has, he even called out the signs correctly. He said, Gemini dealing with a Virgo. That ghosted, probably blocked. And he has this thing called extended reading where you have to purchase for 15 bucks. And it resonated for Diana. And we never paid for a reading before. And so she was like, let's do it. I was like, okay. Because the end of the reading was Divine Feminine, you're really holding on. You're, you're holding out hope. You know, let's see what's up with Divine Masculine. Let's see if he feels the same. So he purchased the extended. And we watched it and the reading was, you're barking up the wrong tree. That's exactly what he said. You're barking up the wrong tree. This person's not good for you. And then I close it off. This is at like 2 a.m. I'm FaceTiming Diana, right? I ask her, did that resonate? And she was like, yes. And I was like, fuck. I know what I need to ask now. I felt my heartbeat. And I was like, guys, are you serious? Am I really asking this question? This, this isn't too soon? This isn't too crazy? And out of left field, fucking left field, folks, I say this, I have another question. Do you want to date? And she looked up and she smiled, but she was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's that resistance, that oh shit moment. Like everything started clicking, right? Everything. She saw it, literally her life flash before her eyes and my life flashed before her eyes. And she asked me, do you want to date? And I was like, I felt so much resistance to even asking, but in answering that question, fired back at me i was like every part of my body wants to say no but my heart and soul wants to say yes right it's because the soul is just like you need this this is good for you but the body is like i don't want to grow i don't want to change and for the one to two people listening to this right now that wants to not date the twin flame or have realized that you're in a similar situation as me and you know that you don't necessarily want a twin flame relationship, but you want an ascension partner because you want to grow. You're going to have resistance. And you have to ask yourself, am I still holding out hope because this is comfortable? You have to ask yourself, what is going to give me the most change right now? What's going to grow me the most? Holding on to the twin flame? Or choosing someone else. Because at one point, holding on to the twin flame opened you up. It broke open your heart. Smashed your ego apart. But after a certain time, are you just comfortable? Would you grow more being in a relationship with someone else? 
So after much resistance, we decided to date. And this is someone who I never seen in person. I've never seen her. I don't know what she looks like. I mean, I kind of do, but it's different, right? Like you can have an online relationship, but a part like an actual relationship in person with someone you've never met before, that's tricky. I remember telling my brother, because everyone in my family knew Diana because we talked all the time. I remember telling her, telling him, yeah, yeah. I, I asked her out and he's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I did. And he was just like, I mean, you've seen Love is Blind on Netflix. I'm like, no. He's like, dude, 90% of relationships that start online don't work out because it's just different in, in person. I'm like, but this is different. He's like, yeah, well, that's what they all say. But Diane and I knew, like, we're, we're not playing ourselves. Like, the soul knows. Like, we knew each other. You mean, that's the difference. We're not two strangers meeting. We're two estranged lovers who are separated by time and space, coming back into union together. So then we started dating, and then a lot of things started to click. On TikTok, which she hardly posts, on, which I'm trying to get her to post more on, her name is Artemis. And I was just, I was clowning her because the only Artemis I knew was Artemis Fowl when I grew up and Artemis Fowl was a masculine figure. So I was like, why is her name Artemis? And she was like, well, the goddess Artemis translates to Diana. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I looked more into it and Artemis had a twin brother. And the twin brother's name of Artemis is Apollo. And I remember reading that story and talking about it with her. Artemis and Apollo. And Apollo, even though they were siblings, was very protective over Artemis because he had attraction for Artemis. And I told Diana... She seems like a sister, even though I was attracted to her. And she resembles or identifies with Artemis. And I read more into Apollo. I'm like, this kind of sounds like me. You know, what's interesting is Diana and I were working to manifest our twin. And that's exactly who we got. Not the twin flame, but our twin spiritual sibling isn't that funny how life works you ask for something and you get it but not in the way you think you do i am in union with my twin not the twin flame but my twin sibling soul sibling dan diana apollo artemis artemis is diana Apollo is me. Apollo is known for prophecy and poetry and being athletic and not having hair. Specifically chest hair. And remember, if you listen to the last podcast, my person said that she would be dating someone. My twin flame said she would be dating someone without chest hair and someone who's a writer. 
That's exactly who Apollo is. Now, I'm not saying I am Apollo incarnate and Diana is Artemis incarnate, but I am saying it wouldn't be a surprise. So the next thing to do was to meet up in person. And this was really scary for the both of us. Number one was because I'm really close with my family. And if she was going to come here, she would have to meet my family. Also, I want to note, I was down bad on money. I spent it really stupidly. I don't even know where the money went. I worked a job. I blew it up. And I I remember going to Colorado for a cousin's wedding and giving a really big gift. But I, and I know I started paying my own phone bill. I, I just don't know where the money went. I told her, I'm down bad. Like, I don't have money. And then we start all things Twin Flames. I start all things Twin Flames after I quit my job. I quit my job in September. I, I start all things Twin Flames October 1st. By the way, October 1st, two years ago, is when I started dating my Twin Flame. Last year, October 1st, is when I dropped and published my book, Times Like Ours. Every October 1st is very significant for me. 10 1 1 or 11 or 1001, right? Reflections of each other. It's a portal. Anyway, so I'm nervous because, you know, I, I, I'm still applying to jobs at that time because I'm like, I don't know what I, what I want to do. I'm applying to different jobs, certain like copywriting jobs that really I don't have any business in. I'm so happy I got rejected by those companies. And I remember talking to Diane, I'm like, yo, my parents are going to ask you what you're, what you do for a living. And I remember just feeling so judgmental about her path. Like, you need a job. You need to get this. You need more money. Right? And so I had so many hesitations for her coming over here. Because like, ah, my parents are not going to understand. But in the days leading up to it, even though I had no money, literally no money, I was broke. I had zero dollars to my name. I had money invested in Bitcoin, but I pulled it out and spent it somehow. I don't know where the money went. I know when I was working my job, my sales job, I spent like a lot of money at Chipotle getting lunch. <laughs> That's the only way I can. But you know what it felt like? It felt like money had to be taken from me. It was this weird feeling where, you know, the pendulum swings in your life. Sometimes you're down good or down bad. Sometimes you're up good. And it felt like this is a season where I need to be poor. Not even be poor. <laughs> I never identified as poor. I never identified as broke. I never told myself I was broke. But I needed a time where I was completely stripped of everything. It felt so divinely timed. Because I was watching this video while I was playing basketball. I was like, yo, my girlfriend's coming. I don't have money to spend. I don't know what's happening. I was really nervous. And then the video said, your dreams are coming. Whatever you've been manifesting is coming in three days. This is a this is a sign from God. I'm like, we'll say right because all things twin flames just started wasn't making any money literally wasn't making any money but even though i had zero dollars in my bank account i never told myself i was broke i never so said those words i am broke i never identified as broke i always told myself i am abundant i am abundant even though i had weird thoughts like what can i sell him what, what can I sell? Can I sell? Do I have any old college textbooks? Dude, I was manic, but I never identified as broke. And 
life happens in such a way where you need to be stripped of everything. You need to be stripped of love. You need to be stripped of your finances so that you can claim your abundance without having any physical evidence of it. So you can learn the feeling of abundance for real. Because if you have money coming to you all the time, do you know what abundance feels like? No, because you're attaching the feeling of abundance to having money coming in, right? So I needed to learn the vibration, the feeling, the state of abundance without it having physical evidence just yet. And then three days before she comes, we get hit up with so many orders online. Like all things Twin Flames just takes off out of nowhere. I get so many tarot readings, so many coaching calls, so many minute messages or whatnot. And I was like, yo, we're good. And she comes over, right? And I'm excited. This is my person. This is my homie who I've been talking to every day for the past 365 plus days. And I finally get to see her. And she books an Airbnb near my house and I, I'm about to pick her up I get to the airport I'm all excited playing music just chilling more orders come in I'm like yes thank you god and she's on the plane and she texts me I don't want to get off she was scared and I was scared too you know like there's so much pressure around meeting a stranger it's nerve-wracking. And then we finally meet. I'm like, damn, this girl's hot. <laughs> there wasn't that instant familiarity and recognition like with a twin flame. I was nervous. And I know she was too. We walked around. I took her to a part of Philly. Um, more, uh, what was it? Harbor Street Park, but or Spruce Street Harbor Park, but apparently it's closed. And so I was like, okay, it looks stupid. And on our walk back, even though we walked like a mile and a half going there through construction, definitely not the most romantic walk. We walk back and I'm nervous. I'm like, I'm gonna hold her hand. I don't know if I should, because like we said things on text or over text and over the phone that made us think like, yeah, we're ready to be like intimate and, and touch each other, but we weren't, we're strangers. That's the thing with online communication. It doesn't matter how much you talk online. The physical body still needs time to adapt to the other person. But when I finally grabbed her hand, that is when I remembered her. Like my hand and her hand coming together, it felt right. Felt right. Our first kiss, I remember that first week when we were together, like when, whenever we kissed, like, yo, it just felt right. Like we kissed for hours. It always felt right. Here's the thing though, when you date a boss ass bitch like Diana, you have to be in your masculine at all times because remember, attraction is about polarity. There's one night while she was over, she was staying for 10 days in Philly or for a week in Philly. And I was like, oh, I'm tired. Let's just watch a movie. So we watched a chick flick. We ordered some food. We missed a coaching call. I totally forget we have a coaching call, right? And I'm just in my feminine. 
where I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm tired. I tried making a move on her and I felt the dynamic shift. And she pushed me away. And I was like, oh my God, I'm friend zoned. And this is the first relationship I've been in where I had to check myself because she is so ambitious. She is so, she's not so masculine, but she's, she's on purpose. She, she's purposeful. She knows what, she knows who she is. She knows what she wants and she's not afraid to get it and to work towards it. And so if I'm in my feminine, I'm not going to be attracted to her or vice versa. She's not going to be attracted to me. So as soon as that happened, I remember it, I was like, yo, Dan, you need to wake the fuck up. So I went upstairs. I took a cold ass shower. I did a hundred pushups. <laughs> I, I, she looked me in the eye. I, I looked away, went back downstairs. She's like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> I go downstairs. I do a podcast. I do two TikToks. I'm like, I meditate. I'm like, okay, I'm back in my state. By the way, the person who had the most resistance in this relationship at first was Diana. She had so much trouble committing. So much trouble. And it was it was hard for me because I was like, I need answers. I need confirmation. It's even more difficult that you're a twin flame and you're like, dude, I, I still think about my twin flame, right? So add components of seeing this future with 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 your soulmate and seeing all this growth that you're resisting having all this expansion and ascension we were ascending together like rapidly in that space in that airbnb we went through so much expansion there right but then still having someone else in your mind it's just like you want to back away first the one day when we were together that really shifted things was when we went to my parents house and I took her to this outdoor park, I guess you could call it. And we were holding hands and we crossed the street and it's like we entered a new reality. Like we entered a new world. I look at her, I was like, yo, did you feel that? And it's like before we were separated and then now we were finally together. And then I take her home. I, I, I meet, she meets my parents and they love her. Yeah, we had a little issue with like, oh, so what are you doing? Are you doing a job? But we had so much confidence in the business and we had the coaching call that night and we did at my parents' house. So then, you know, they were just like, okay, cool. Seems like you're doing well. And we were. We were starting all things Swim Plains, which is a big spiritual business. The one thing I want to mention about love that's coming up to me right now is when she was here in Philadelphia, I would take her to all my favorite spots. And true love loves what you love. Every little thing that I love in my hometown, every bookstore, every bakery, every market, everything that I love she loved to. It was like, I was nervous. I was like, I'm not sure if you'll like this. She goes there. Her her heart and her, her face lights up like, yes, this is amazing. There's so many aspects of that trip that a lot of it is very personal and I don't can't really talk about. But 
I do want to say very broadly that we really struggled with intimacy in the beginning. Like, yeah, we were passionate, but we struggled in some areas. And then after that night where my parents finally accepted her, not finally accepted her, but showed their approval, and we shifted into this new timeline of us actually being together. By the way, I was very, I was like, oh my God, my parents really like her. I was eating skinny pop. I was dumping skinny pop in my face. I was like, oh gosh, because this means expansion for me too. But I finally sat with it on the drive home. We talked about it. And as soon as we got to the Airbnb, we had the best sex of our lives. It was crazy. (laughs) So then we did the whole long distance thing. We took turns seeing each other. And I want to say this. So where does this leave us? Well, it leaves me facing my decision and healing my own wounds. Because now that I'm quote unquote single, and I use air quotes because I know I'm still connected with Diana. I know our destiny. I know she's my homie and I'm her homie and that will never change. I know that there's a reason why we talked every single day for three, four, five, six plus hours. I know there's a reason why I get insomnia when she's not around. I know there's a reason why I fall asleep quick, like really quick when when she is around. I know there's a reason why I wanted her to be my business partner. I know there's a reason why we met online. But I also know that there's times, even yesterday, where I was in so much pain. Well, from a lot of emotional clearing that I'm doing right now. Because I have all this time and space to feel. And I just wanted to reach out to her. But I'm like, that's unfair. I'm asking her to solve my problems. I gave this analogy to the Facebook group that sometimes when life pulls you back, you can't resist. You just got to let go. And once you let go, it's like a bow and arrow. You get pulled back and that resistance is the pain. And being pulled back is that drawback in your life where things seem to go left. But if you let go of resistance, it's going to shoot you forward. And I'm not saying this with the expectation that Diana is even going to get me, is going to take me back. I'm not saying this with the expectation of us being together. I'm just saying this with the expectation or hmm, with the knowledge that I'm supposed to be a part of her life in some fashion. Not in a 5D ethereal astral way, but in a tangible way. I'm supposed to help her. She's helped me immensely. In my last podcast, I was in tears because my heart was still breaking over the fact that I'm not in union with the twin flame or that I wasn't meant to be. The reason I'm not in tears right now and why I don't even have to judge myself for not being as teary-eyed because I have so much peace about this. What I felt wasn't heartbreak when we separate. What I felt was peace. I know how this story is going to end. I want to end on this note. Sometimes you can't predict life, 
life moves in the weirdest, most wild ways. But sometimes you get lucky and love chooses you. And it's up to you to clear up your own baggage and trauma. And sometimes it's not so complicated because it shows up at your door and says, are you ready or are you not? And when it chooses you and you don't choose it, you know I'm choosing from a place of fear. That's what it feels like right now. Again, I'm saying this because I'm not a coach. I am a coach, but I'm not a role model. I'm just someone who tries to be better for himself every single day. So thank you for listening to this Storytime series. I feel like you've all gotten a good grip on who I am. When you start posting on online a lot, you kind of build up this spiritual ego that I like to call it, and people can no longer relate to you. So if you're judging me for <laughs> being flippy floppy, I don't even know if that's a word for being a Gemini. <laughs> that's fine. But that's why I love Diana. She's so unconditionally loving. Like she just wants the part of me that is authentic at all moments. I want that for her too. I want that for all of you the most authentic expression of your soul in this moment. And yes, it will change because that's what authenticity is. You can't predict it. It's wild. It's rampant. It's chaotic. But authenticity also has this underlying cord and thread. That thread connects me with her. Thank you all for listening. I sincerely enjoy doing this story time. The story time was difficult to do. I had to overcome resistance in every single episode. But finally, I feel like I said what needed to be said about these three amazing individuals. My false twin flame, my real twin flame, and the person I'm destined to be with. Take care.